All right, guys, here we go. Huge episode. Tons of wrecks. Most of them come from Netflix, which we've been panning lately. We got a lot of news. And our Mission Impossible rewatch is back. Here we go. Nordy's podcast. And here we go. Nordy's podcast. I'm Eric. I'm here with Ryan and Jim. How are you guys? Doing very well, my friend. I'm great. You? Hey, I'm great too, and that's because we have an awesome episode. But before we jump into the amazing content that we have, you guys need to give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at Nordy's Podcast. Also, subscribe anywhere that you get your favorite podcast from and get the Nordy's Podcast directly to your phone or your device each and every week for free. Also, leave that five-star, baby. Let's get yeah. that five-star review going. Yeah. Also, how many people have you guys told that you were on a podcast to? And then they're like, what is that? Like a YouTube video? Like how many people have you told? I think that, that used to happen. We've been at it for a few years now. I feel like early on people didn't get it. Now they're like, oh, su- sweet. What's up? And then they do you guys, follow me. Do you guys do the thing where you listen to podcasts at different a, a faster speed? No. That's like mm-hmm. the cool thing to do. That's the I, new thing. I wonder if people do that with ours. I hope so. But I, I wonder if all my amazing I'm jokes... Gonna... And then they're going to have to like stop doing it. <laughs> just fuck with them. Let's just talk really slow so it sounds normal for them. Um, all right, guys. Start the podcast? Yeah, let's do that. So uh, we are drinking some interesting beers. What are you guys having? All right, I'm drinking Surly's uh, Screen Time, which I thought is appropriate for our screen cast. And uh, it's just a nice little IPA. It's nothing crazy. This is one of those beers that they put in like a mixed, you know, 12-pack and probably have zero thought into the actual recipe of the beer. Um, and they all taste the same. No offense to Surly, but that's, you know the game. You guys have been there. And it's okay. Is it like super high ABV? Like a super huh? aggressive? Oh, okay. Yeah, like six or something. It's bitter. So- 5.5, bitter. Hmm. <clears throat> to keep the trend going, I got the Dino Holiday. <laughs> you guys have talked about it enough that I thought uh, it was absolutely necessary to get. I think this is a the must-have beer. Apparently. Um, that's the third week really, in a row. I really like it. I it's like just, it, too. Uh, Eric complained about the coconut. I don't get that much. I get more pineapple than anything. It doesn't taste like a pina colada. It just tastes like a pineapple hazy beer to me. I, I really enjoy it. Guys, well I am drinking Black Stacks Happy Accidents. With pineapple and rosemary. This is a shrub style fruited sour beer. They actually call it a mixed culture Berliner Weiss with pineapple, rosemary, and brown sugar. Wow. This is a thick beer and it is fantastic. Really? If you like a big, huge uh, sour and pineapple, this is for you. I think this is, is this, can you put one aside for me? I'm coming to get yeah. it later. Yeah, it's really good. That looks great. They crushed it with this one. Um, I'm interested in their weird sour program that they're doing over at Blackstack. I think Blackstack uh, is sneakily uh, trying to steal another Nordy. I think so, too. If they add, like, really delicious, consistent sours to their amazing IPAs, which we all know they do very well, they're coming for that spot. Yeah, they're crushing right now. So, Jimbo, we'll we'll put you on mute. Just hop over to Eric's real quick. We'll carry on, and then you can be back for the second one. Yeah. (laughs) All right, guys. So here we go. We're jumping right into Do We Care? And uh, some of the big news of the week, Stranger Things 4 teaser drops. Um, How excited are you guys about Stranger Things? I am excited about it. I am. I think it's it's a very good show. I mean, I hope it has some surprises left in it after 
I thought a step back third season, but we'll see. Did you guys like the teaser? I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it. Ryan, you watched it, didn't you? That's got to be my yeah. thing now. I've, I've got to stick it to this. Like a, it seemed like it was a flashback of some sort. I don't think this means the whole season is going to be, but you know, this is when Eleven was in the facility with all the other special gifted kids, you know, with Matthew Modine's character. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's kind of part of a thr- like a, a you know flashback. I don't think they're going to do the whole season. Well, they can't really have Millie Bobby Brown pretend like she's 10 years old anymore. Well, it seemed to be trying it in this trailer anyways. That's true. Well, it was mostly the voice. But yeah. um, <clears throat> I, I definitely think I think a little bit of the magic is gone mm-hmm. um, from Stranger Things. And the expectations are so high that it's difficult for them to continue to one up themselves. Right. Um, all the kids are going to be in their like teens now. So it's going to be a little bit weirder. You know, they're all getting like tall and lanky and, and weird looking, you know, before they it's like turn be, into actual adults. It's going to be like when Saved by the Bell tried to go to college and then did one season and then canceled it because it sucked. Yeah. Because not Paul Gosler was like 30 with like a beard. Yeah. Exactly. There was some, there was some random old dude like living in the dorm with them. But uh, um, I think I'm excited about it, but reserved, if that makes sense. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm trying to temper my expectations, you know, uh, especially like from season one to season two, I think that was a step up, but Jimbo's exactly right. Season three was a little bit of a step back, a um, little bit difficult to watch at times, unfun. Eric loved you know. Billy though. Oh, Billy's the best. <laughs> Great character. Uh, so here's my thing. I think Stranger Things is going to continue to be really good for a few reasons. One, the the what are their names? The Duffer Brothers. Yeah. Yep. Are great. Right. Two, it has infinity dollars uh, being pumped into it by Netflix. Three, it has very talented people acting in this that have become bigger stars because of the show and have done things mm-hmm. that we like and are continuing to. And then finally. Guys, this is not a complicated show. The reason that we like it is because it is doing a love letter impression of these simple 80s movies, 80s and 90s movies that people grew up loving, and they're just doing it in a darker way. And so I don't think it's going to be too crazy because it's not like Game of Thrones where it has to land you know, the plane on the the smallest runway ever. This is mm-hmm. like a simple story of monsters and and you know, a small town that is playing all of the correct nostalgia keys to make you enjoy it, even though they're telling a pretty simple story. And so I think that at its worst, it's going to be appointment viewing. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. It is. Although I agree with everything you said. I will just add before we move on, they are trying to blow up the world a little bit bigger out of Indiana, I think. Um, You know, they're doing all this Russia stuff. Um, I think the story will grow a little bit, but yes, I mean, they'll keep it small enough to still make it personal with the characters. I think that um, the Russia stuff is really interesting to me because it's going to be Hopper and he's going to... I think what's going to happen is you're going to find out how he gains his superpowers and then has Black Widow. Nice. That'd be great. <laughs> nice, nice, nice lead to a different uh, universe entirely. I love it. But it um, is appropriate. It is Hopper in Russia. So I get it. I get it. So I do think that uh, that's going to be fun. Um, my only worry about it is that they know Millie Bobby Brown is a big star. And they know, especially amongst kids, Millie Bobby Brown is a big deal. And so my only worry is that when they've leaned on her to tell a story that I don't really care about all alone, 
it hasn't been very good. So if you remember when she had to go or she left, she ran away to go find to Chicago. Chicago or, yeah, one the like, worst episode they've ever done. Yeah. That was like hard to watch. And that was like trying to have her carry this weird side story. I just, I like when they're all together. The strength yeah. in numbers is the best part of the show. And I don't know. I'm really excited. This is this is what Netflix needs. I agree. I'm I'm looking forward to it. This summer, right? Should be a couple um, yeah. months. So something that's coming up right away, right around the corner, is Loki. And we found out that Loki is going to be dropping not on Fridays like all of the other Disney Plus shows have, but on Wednesdays. What do you guys think of this change? Wednesdays, my dudes. Um, yeah, I'm into it. No, that's fine. I don't care. Actually, I, I actually kind of prefer it. Um, we because we always have to watch the episode before we do the pod on Sunday. And it's, it's going to be nice to have an extra couple days. So I'm good with Wednesday. Um, it does move it two days closer. So that's kind of nice because it was going to be the 11th. Now it's June 9th. So I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm happy with it. I also wonder if, uh, you know, like this is back in the day, but like that Friday time slot was always like where you put shows that are just like, we don't really care how the mm-hmm. numbers do. We just, we, we already booked them. They're not going to get lots of viewings. I wonder if Disney Plus or Disney realized that maybe the numbers were a little softer than they were anticipating. And so they're like, okay, we got to get it midweek so that, you know, more people, especially as things are starting to open up and people might start doing more things on Friday nights. Yeah. Um, that, that they don't want to, they want to kind of get ahead of that and make sure that this show is viewed long before, you know, people like start, you know, spending their weekends like they used to. So, um, I like it. I, I, I appreciate the extra couple day, you know, buffer. Um, and plus, like, it's a great w- thing to look forward to in the middle of the week. Yeah. You know? sure. um, I think Loki's going to be far and away better than WandaVision and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Ooh. So I'm very, very much looking forward to this to this show. I'm looking forward to it. Here's one thing I have a bit of an issue with. I've sort of seen a lot of plots where it involve like an organization that keeps like time that keeps a continuum um they did it in an umbrella academy um they've done it in in uh preacher they did the same exact thing there was like a group that would go and make sure the timeline was protected um i think i've seen it in in a couple other plots so morty too yeah yes rick and yep rick and morty has that um kind of like this organization that's like you know prevents the world from having paradoxes or something so they better do it better than those and i think they will The, the bar isn't set high for this plot so um I think they can they can nail it, but I've seen it before. And and fam- most famously, Doctor Emmett Brown in Back to the Future did it all by himself. There you go. He, he was he, the one he man was the organization. Yeah, <laughs> I think that the best thing about Loki as a character is his ability to be funny, but all the while be overly serious and mm-hmm. still be like a funny character. He has had Chris Hemsworth as Thor to play off of, and their little chemistry was always really great. I thought and really funny. And now it's going to be Owen Wilson. And I think that is going to be incredible. I can't wait. Owen Wilson in the MCU is one of the best moves they've made. You're a big Owen Wilson guy. For a shitty... Everyone is... Yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's great. I think he's underrated. (laughs) Everyone likes Owen Wilson. No one has ever watched an Owen Wilson movie and been like, I hate him. You can't. I feel like Owen Wilson could have done the shit that Kevin Spacey did, and he wouldn't have got canceled. That's how much people like him. Yeah, because he's a great guy. <laughs> the only time he wasn't a great guy was in Wedding Crasher. There you go. Exactly. All is forgiven. All right. Uh, also, another thing right around the corner, A Quiet Place 2. Final trailer is dropping or dropped, and it's coming out on May 28th. Does A Quiet Place do anything for you guys at this time? Yes. 
I think this is going to be good. I'm excited. Did you guys watch the trailer? I bet Ryan did, and Eric didn't. That's usually how it goes. I did. I did. I like. I liked it. Um, John Krasinski was in it a lot, <laughs> more than yeah, I thought right. he was going to be. Um, you know, because they are going to do some, you know, like the historical look back of what happened, which is kind of what we were asking for at the end of A Quiet Place 1, which was... Mm-hmm. Uh, give us a little context, give us some understanding. And, and I think they're going to do that quite a bit, um, which is a brilliant way for John to get paid as a major actor in the movie, as well as direct it, even though whatever happened to him at the end of the last movie. Um, so I am looking forward to it. I, I also like don't care, though. Like, I'll get yeah. to it when I get to it. It's not one of those like I, I have to see it like as immediately. I'll pay 10 bucks to watch it, you know, first night or anything like that. I'll see it when I see it. Not, not is, too concerned. Where's this That's thing coming out? Where is it? I think, I think it's, it's going to theaters. Theaters only. Yeah. Oh, I'm not seeing If this was Amazon Prime, I would be watching it night one. Theaters, nah. Yeah. We'll just but I think it's gonna be Amazon on the Prime I think it's gonna later. I think it'll be on the forty five day plan though. I just wish it'll be way more raw. Like they I wish it was like realistic. Like when they realized that the little fucking kid was gonna like play with a spaceship, they should have just thrown him to the to the monsters and been like, gotta do what we gotta do. Well, bringing a baby into that world, people complain now. I don't know with global warming if I should do it. They're having kids in that fucking world with giant, you know, ear monsters. So Irresponsible. I guess it's going to happen. Irresponsible. And Irresponsible. you know what I would do? I would, I would, I would literally crasters keep it if I had a baby. <laughs> You'd go and give it out. <laughs> I'd give it as a peace offering. <laughs> Crasters keep it. Use that as a verb. I love it. Uh, Yeah. So there you go. I'm not excited. I I don't think I care. I'll probably see it eventually. I love it. Didn't uh, didn't our our good friend of the pod, resident horror movie expert Tony Balser, pan this pan the first one? Like he didn't like. He did. Yeah, he didn't like it. And you know he's pretty forgiving, as most horror fans are of pretty bad horror movies. It was pretty bad, to be honest with you. Like I like (laughs) one. I had fun with it, but like it was pretty bad. Yeah, I don't think we should be that excited about this. In fact, we should probably just move on. Yes, yeah, so but move I do on care. To a couple first looks that we saw this week, we saw a couple images from a few shows coming up. First one is Hulu's Pam and Tommy, uh, Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee. You guys see this? I, I, yeah, I it, it was cool. unbelievable. I thought it was impressive. Yes, just yeah, crazy, yeah, Jimbo. Jimbo, you posted it on Insta, didn't you? Yeah, like I did. One of the yep. images. Yeah. So Sebastian Stan is playing Tommy Lee, and he looks unbelievably cool. He looks perfect. He looks and so much like Tommy Lee James. that I had to like think about if it was Tommy Lee at first. Yeah, I know. Me too. I thought what I thought it was was um, like a deep fake, like exactly. I actually put the face on it. Yeah. That Lily James wasn't just Pam Anderson. I thought the only thing about the photo was that they put on Sebastian's face onto yeah. this old photo. It's a yeah. new photo. It's crazy. It was crazy. So now that just shows you how that just shows you how generic her look actually was. Yeah, they can literally just recreate it without you know anything crazy. But Lily James is she's both of these are British actors. I think by the way, Um, she is beautiful. She's amazing. But she always like everything I've ever seen her in has been like really uppity period piece British stuff. stuff. It's really boring. Classical, classic. You know, theater training. So this is a bit movies. of a departure yeah. for her. Just a quick question, you guys. Yeah. Is there going to be the boat horn? That's just what I was going to say. <laughs> I was going to say Sebastian Stan must have had to honk the the boat horn with his dick to get this part. And so I can't <laughs> that's, wait. That's for that. the only. Yeah. He just came into the screening, the room, I and all the producers were there. And there was a mock-up mm-hmm. of cardboard of a horn, and he had to do it right there to get. The was part. that the first? Was that the first ever viral video? 
I guess so. But wasn't it on, people were passing around like VHS tapes of it, right? I mean, like, was the internet around really? Oh, yeah. Okay. All I know is that I'm the most excited for the honking, the the horn episode. I can't wait. I hope it's a whole episode. I hope they give it the true 45 minutes that it needs. (laughs) That is what it deserves. Well, this is probably must watch on Hulu. Is there a chance it's trash? Yes, for sure. Oh, but I would guess Seth Rogen is also in it, and he looks hilarious. So I, I would guess more likely than not, it's bad. If I had to guess, one hundred percent must watch TV. I'm gonna probably watch it. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, we also got a first look at the HBO Game of Thrones series House of the Dragon. Um, they gave us nothing. <laughs> they gave us images of people on a beach. Yeah, like people like on a beach, just like standing. And I, I mean, I'm I'm thankful that they gave something out, but it was it, it was nothing. Yeah, <laughs> well, I think that's just, <laughs> and that's true. It, it exactly, it, and it may be nothing on the surface, but this is sort of the order order of operations. I think that they're going in, which is they're they're gen the 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 hype train has the engine is filled with coal. The the horn has been blown. Mm-hmm. Uh, they said all aboard and it's just started to you know turn the wheels on the track yeah yeah i agree and it's, they're, it's they're, taking they're off. starting to try yeah it was a nice reminder that, that it is happening and the show is coming because it's going to be a big deal um when it hits but yeah this was essentially nothing um some of the main main characters with blonde wigs exactly i am really excited about this show this didn't make me any more or less excited right fair enough all right sticking with hbo Adrian Brody is joining season three of the most underrated show on television, Succession. Why don't you just take this one, bro? What do you think? Um, I am excited for anything that Succession does. I have absolute and total faith in everything that they're doing. Um, I don't know what kind of character he'll play. I'm going to guess he's going to play some rival family or some executive from a competing company, and it's going to be perfect. Um, everything that this show touches is incredible. I think and he's going to play, here's my guess, he's going to play a tech billionaire. Nerdy and kind of like like almost a Jesse Eisenberg type of character when he was, you know, Mark Zuckerberg in the Facebook movie. Yeah. So did they do that, though, last last season when they bought the, the tech company and then shut it down or whatever? I don't know. I didn't even. I, I couldn't get through the second season, dude. It's, it's kind oh. of a slow show for me. It's a little boring. It's like Actually, a yes. It's like a really oh. well done soap opera, oh. though. Oh, it's well. So I'm weird. sorry that I. I'm sorry that I. Oh, that I don't I thought care. You, I dude, thought you would see it. Up. It's one of those shows that you guys keep telling me, and I also watch it, and I see with my own eyes that it's a very good show. But I cannot bring myself to watch it. I like it's, watch it's one. The left two weeks later, I'm like, <laughs> I can be. You know the movie, the shit that I watch instead of that right now. I mean, I'm so bored, and I still don't watch it. So. It's like the leftovers, Jim. You've tried, you've tried and tried. I did. And tried I got through tried. the leftovers, but it was like oh, you did finish three it. years in the making, and it was on and off. Like good show, I get it. It just doesn't draw me in. Although I do like uh, what's the girl's name? Siobhan. Siobhan. Shiv. Yes. Oh, Shiv. Yeah, that's my type. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about her character. Really. <laughs> but that does, right. that's not enough. That doesn't do it for me. So I I, I don't watch it, but. All right, guys, we got a trailer for 1899. What is this and why should I care? Dude, so this, is, uh, this is this is your this is your creators and directors, Eric, from Dark. This oh. is their new show on, on Netflix. Then I care. Um, I, yeah. I forget their names. <laughs> they have very, very German shit. But um, yeah. Yanti, Yanti Fries and Baron Bo Odar. Wow, there you go. Let's just leave it at the creators of Dark. Um, so this so, is their new show. They, you know, they after they did 
uh, dark with for you know exclusively for Netflix. They signed a deal to say our next like two or three shows are also going to be on Netflix. And here we got it. We got the first one. So, dude, this looks so great. I'm so interested. It's like so. It's 18.99. So in 18.99, a bunch of people from all these different countries and nationalities are all taking a uh, a you know a charter ship across the ocean as they had to do at the time, and they come across a ship that has like stalled out. And I don't want to know anything else. I literally don't. It's going to be, I, I have such high expectations for the show. It's probably not even fair to Junter and Jean Weiss, whatever their all their names are. I Yanti. am not usually the first person on any show. Okay. Yeah. The you wait only, until it bubbles up. Yes. The only shows that I feel like I jumped on, I jumped on at the very first stop were Mr. Robot and Dark. And yes. so they're two of my all time favorite shows. And Broadchurch. <laughs> I don't know when I jumped on Broadchurch, but what a show. <laughs> but uh, no, I think that this is going to be amazing. I can't wait. The pressure is too high for them, like you said. I'm expecting it to be my next favorite show. Right. Anything less than that, I'm going to be bummed. But I'm, I'm well, guessing I, this is something we're going to watch. I think it will be subtitled, which is fine with me. Um, I, I mean, it almost has to be because there's all these people from different countries in it. So, the you know, the characters. But I'm, I'm psyched, man. I'm really excited about it. This is almost one of those shows where you might want to take the Eric route of don't watch any trailers. Just wait till it drops and go in fresh. Don't have any ideas of characters and, oh, I saw this scene and all that stuff. Like, just go in completely blind. You got, like Jimbo, you, you said it's a ship. They found another stalled out ship and things took an unexpected turn. Like, you know what I mean? Like, let's go. That's it. Great premise. And of right. course, there's going to be exciting things like, you know, it's going to, it's almost, I feel like it has lost vibes already. You know, all these different people are going to sort of be like, wait, we're sort of here for a reason. We have these things in common. We didn't realize it should be just excellent. Yeah. This isn't, this isn't going to be like a, <clears throat> you know, cheap horror film, you know, like, oh, we found a ship and then we inspected it and a bunch of people died and. Right. You know, that kind of thing. It's going to be completely different than that. So I'm I'm very into it. Can't wait. Guys, uh, it's something else I think you're going to be very into. A Dungeons and Dragons movie is coming. Wow. Can't wait. <laughs> I don't know anything. Yeah, about it's crickets. I feel like you just said that like a World of Warcraft movie is coming and we didn't care about that. I don't, and I don't think we're going to care about this, but I don't understand Dungeons and Dragons. Like someone gets to just make up a story. Yes. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, I've never played, but you sit around in a circle, usually in a, in a basement, like a mother's basement situation. And you just like, you have all character, you have your character. And then like the dungeon master is sort of like making up the story as you go. And it'll be like, oh, you're facing a giant, you know, um, dragon in this cave. You have to roll better than a 10. Or it'll kill you, and then you roll the dice. So there's some chance in there, too. I probably just butchered that. But that's my impression of it. So I'm guessing we will have both dungeons and dragons, I would imagine. And okay. I, think, um, I think that's a... You, you gave a pretty good synopsis of, like, what happens. Obviously, it, it gets more complex than that, but... Yeah. Yes, that's a, that's the gist of what happens. Okay, I just looked up the rules, guys. There's only three rules. Um, first rule is you must just copy things directly from... Lord of the Rings and Game of Thrones, rule one. Rule two, yep. you must eat Hostess cupcakes and drink Mountain Dew. And rule three, no girls are ever allowed. <laughs> <laughs> if you can stick to that, you may be a dungeon master in your future. This is okay. so mean. I'm sure people are listening that love it. I'm sorry, guys. We're just, we're not even, I'm not even athletic, so I don't know why I'm making fun of them. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Dungeons and, Dungeons and Dragons is really fun, but the fact is that, like, it just one of your buddies gets to write a story. How do we know what the rules are? 
There has to be rules. There has to be rules. Like, what is it? They're like, you need to roll a 10. Like, who made, did they make that up themselves? You guys realize we're not any cooler than Dungeons and Dragons players. We just did a podcast instead. So, yes. you know. And we make up our rules. <laughs> what are the podcast rules, Eric? You're gonna have to All right. Me. Anya Taylor-Joy is going to host the season finale of SNL. I am not going to miss SNL. I think it's actually been pretty bad. You think? Yeah. I think it's been good. It's always good. Mm-hmm. People think that there was like some heyday. Oh, and the you know when Will Ferrell was on. Most of those skits were bad. That's how it always is. You watch it for like a couple laughs and a couple brilliant moments. And, you know, it's consistent. It's it's more consistent than people realize, I think. And I really like the cast right now. No, I'm not saying that they're, that they're in a bad period. I actually thought that the last few years were kind of a new heyday where yeah. they had a ton of really talented people. And I thought, I guess, I guess I just was so disappointed because I was so excited to see how they were going to do SNL through the election and through the inauguration. And they were just pretty lame on teasing both political sides. Mm-hmm. And it just was kind of a flop. And it was like a lot of the season. And so I agree. I think they mi- they missed out on a lot of that. I mean, obviously, the Trump stuff was was good with Alec Baldwin, but they totally missed on Biden. Like Jim Carrey doesn't do a good Biden impression. I think it sucks. I think it's boring. Like you need to tear into him harder than that. Like he should be funnier than that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't care about Anya Taylor Joy. I think she's a great actress. That doesn't mean she's going to do a good job hosting. I, I don't think she's funny. Um, but she's probably funnier than Elon Musk. So that's good. Yeah, I hope so. Um, don't care. Don't care. I'll watch it. Don't care. Don't care. All right. Lastly, guys, Black Panther 2 is now officially going to be called Black Panther Wakanda Forever. I have to say this is going to be a, this has got to be difficult for for uh, Disney and Marvel to have to change paths so drastically. But if anyone can do it, they can. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do. I think that this movie is an, this is like maybe a Thursday night for me. I have an idea about what they should do with this movie. What if they just had like T'Challa die of pancreatic cancer? Isn't that what um, mm-hmm. Chadwick Boseman died of? Yeah. Just have him like get, like just show like superheroes can get this too. And it would almost be like a message like, Dang, that was good. Like, just anybody can get this. You need to get yourself checked. Like, whatever, you know, raise money for cancer with the movie. And just have him fucking die of pancreatic cancer. Dang, that's, like, really good. That's pretty heavy, isn't it? It's heavy. And, like, I think this movie is going to be super heavy. And I think that's great because how many opportunities do they have to do that? And, I mean, the situation itself is just so sad. When real life is really sad and you can bring it to the movies, it's going to feel really emotional no matter what they do. And I think that this is going to be, I mean, pressure is on because I'm expecting one of Marvel's finest hours with how they handle this. And so anything less than like near perfection and like a a perfect send off is going to be hugely disappointing. But I think they know this has to be 100%. They cannot miss. So I would imagine that they probably talked to Chadwick and I'm not going to try and speak for him, excuse me, him or the studio. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if they said, here's our two ideas, right? One could be like something that Jimbo said, where heroes are still fallible, can get these things, even though Wakanda has the best technology in the world, they weren't able to do anything. Um, and this would be like a tribute, you know, to you and, and fighting it. Or we can just sort of like have you ride off into the sunset off screen. What would you prefer for, you know, because this is a character that he built and brought to life, you know, so I wonder if they asked him. And so I wouldn't. I would say if it is subtle and more downplayed, 
that was probably Chadwick's choice. Okay. So, so I, you I know what I mean? Like I just, just thinking about it from that. He would have to say in this. I mean, he was, he knew he was dying. He was undergoing treatment through a lot of the filming of these movies. If you believe a little bit later, I'm going to review Marini's Black Bottom, and he was he looked very sick during this this movie. Supposedly, the studio they claim that they didn't know. Really, they claimed that they didn't know, and that only the people really, really close with him knew, and that the studio wow. was, was really caught off guard by all. That's of it. amazing that he could he could hide that and keep that personal. That he didn't. Well, then I don't know. Maybe he won't have a say in it. His family certainly would. I think it was that he didn't want to be treated differently and he just wanted to live out his days working hard and making good movies and so i don't know if it's true maybe he had a conversation with them but um they said that they had no knowledge oh. of his sickness leading up to it the end maybe at the very end they were notified or something but okay fair enough then my point my point is uh, irrelevant if, i think if, well, well you, you know your point still stands as far as his family having a say in it and i think that they would talk to them for sure absolutely as they should all right guys it's time to move on to hot wrecks Lots of shows that we've talked about in a couple of movies. Um, a few we're going to revisit uh, with some stronger recommendations. First one, Invincible. All right. So Jim's been talking about this for like weeks, like kind of sort of like whispering about it. <laughs> I didn't want to get made fun of because like when I started watching it, nobody was talking about it. I was like, all right, this is just a kind of a really weird, hyper-violent cartoon. And if they make fun of me, then I don't want to sell it too hard. But thank God Ryan came through. Ryan, what's up? I'm going to be your shield on this one, right? Thank I'll take you. the brunt of the brunt of the damage. Um, <clears throat> Invincible is incredible. It is my favorite show I've watched in 2021. With Woo! without without exception, I know it's a cartoon. It's a superhero cartoon. It's silly. It shouldn't be this, but it is so well done. The there it's. I mean, it is an all star voice cast yeah. of all of all voice casts. There are some. There J K Simmons, Stephen Young, um, Seth Rogen, um, Zachary Quinto, who's the he plays you know Spock in the new Star Trek. Um, tons of other people. Um, I'm sure so I missed a, a, a bunch. Seth Rogen, did you, I don't know if you said him. Uh, Sandra O, oh, um, Julian o Jacobs, the, yep. uh, just so many, so many. Every every single voice character is a very famous person. I could not stop watching this show. I, I by the time my like work day was wrapping up, I was thinking about when I was going to be able to catch episode three, episode yes. four, and I don't, I I didn't think I would find myself doing that with a cartoon superhero super violent like you said um it's very it it's very like an 80s cartoon in the animation mm -hmm. in that way like 80s 90s cartoon it's not this like crazy weird animation stuff I mean it's it's pretty it's standard very, it's very flat cell shaded stuff right it's not like they're using yep. computer animation although all animation is done on computers now but it doesn't look it right it just looks like it's regular animated and the show was fun um terrifying Awful, twisty, turny. It had everything. It had mm -hmm. everything you would want in a show. And, you know, it's, it's of course, like, silly at times because it's a, you know, fake cartoon superhero universe. But the twists and turns, man, you don't see them coming. Mm -hmm. And they're wild. And you got to kind of buckle up. And, you know, I think, Jimbo, you talked about there's, there's some side stories that are a little bit slower. And they are. Um, but overall, the show for me is like a 94 Woo! on Rotten Tomatoes, and I don't think I'm overhyping it. Yeah. You know what I really love about it is that they fully use the animation. This show would cost a billion dollars if it was live action, and you would still run the risk of it being 
cheesy looking because there are so many superheroes and villains there's so many action pieces they are there's so many settings and places they you know they go and they go to you know mars for an episode and um they use it right unlike okay my one of my biggest pet peeves is animated shows that don't need to be animated uh i'm looking at at uh you king of the hill Literally, it's a fucking sitcom. There's two sets and five characters. Why is this an animated show? Um, um, because this show have... needs to be animated. It's because it's wild. What's what's the what's the show with the Bundys? Um, married, married with, with children. children? Mar- yeah, King of the Hill, not cartoon. It literally exactly. So why is it? It's like live action generally is more interesting for for human eyes to look at. So use your animation, like even like Family Guy. You know, you think, oh, that's just, but they do all those crazy flashbacks all the time, and that's why that needs to be animated. All right, you uh, can't just set up those little scenes constantly. So, dude, they use it, the animation beautifully, and it's so gross, violent, wild, hardcore as hell. I started your first what's, episode. Started oh, you did. Episode. I'm going to I'm going to watch more of it this week. Okay. Jimbo, what's your score? Um, I'd say like a 92, probably, really strong. Okay. You guys will love it. Yeah, we really really love. Dude, it was a show that I was watching. It was dropping on Thursdays and by the end of Thursday, maybe Friday midday, I would always watch it. And there's a lot of shows that I'm really like I think I'm excited about and I watch it eh 3 4 days after it comes out and I'm still into it. This show was like, "Oh, new one dropped. Let's go." All right, uh also, I, we're not going to go into it again for like the eighth time, but Shadow and Bone is freaking. <laughs> yeah. Are we all done with it? I am not. Okay. I'm through four. I'm through four. Okay. Shadow and Bone is a really fun, like, like high budget uh, show that would have been trash if the budget wasn't good and they didn't get good actors. Uh, but because they went out and spent the right amount of money, it's really good. And like, I think it's at the same level. And this might be an insult to the the, the show I'm, I compare it to. I think it's at the same level as His Dark Materials. Mm-hmm. It's and definitely more entertaining than His Dark Materials. And I think His Dark Materials has a much higher budget. Yeah, I think so too. And so I think it might be insulting to His Dark Materials that I, I think they're like equal show. Yeah, I agree. I, I actually enjoyed watching Shadow and Bone more than His Dark Materials. I just am like really tied into that source material because I love the books. And so that gives it a huge advantage. But Shadow and Bone is just fun, man. Just fun and wow. looked great. And yeah. How, how many how many people like growing up wanted to be someone like Jesper? Like oh, Jesper's I, I feel like I feel like his character is just so intriguing and and understated. Um, I like he's like you guys said all of the. I, I have not run across a scene with an actor or actress where I'm like, boy, that's where they cheaped out. There, that, she she was up, she was you will. There's one. There's there's one there's one story that they're that you're like, oh, okay, they did have a budget that wasn't that high. Yeah, okay. I think they All put right, Eric and I were talking about this, and it's so out of place with okay, so there's like one of the you know, witch people or whatever with powers is captured by like these kind of like Viking style people, and they have like a love interest, and it's atrociously bad. And <laughs> I can't remember, like, did they just send like the B set B production to a different area to film that separately and cut it in? It does not feel like the same show to me. It's so bad that I thought to myself. Like, oh, maybe there's a person who has an internship and they <laughs> gave them this. Yeah. Like, I'm like, the internship. Like, it's that level bad compared to the rest of the show. So, right, right. It only stands out because <laughs> the rest of the show is so good. But I think it's still a hot wreck to watch it's on Netflix. Um, you guys agree? I agree. I had someone tell us, shouts to Chelsea, fan of the pod, friend. 
Um, she said that when we talk about shows and we do our recs, we have to re-mention the name of the show. So she doesn't have to go back and rewind. Okay. So first we talked about Invincible, and then we plugged Shadow and Bone. There you go. Shadow and Bone, Invincible on Amazon Prime. Then we're talking about Shadow and Bone on Netflix. Beautiful. Look at you. Helping All right, people next up out. is a documentary. Ooh. I don't know why, but I've been trying to watch documentaries lately. And uh, this one is one they're really pushing on Netflix. It is called The Sons of Sam. Okay. Okay. This is Son of Sam, serial killer, 1977, New York City, right? Is this the Zodiac guy? No. He's, no. A, he's a guy who's just like going around and like murdering young people, mostly young women. And he's like going around and like just, he, he just like shoots them in the face is like his thing. Like really walks up to people on the street or in a car and just shoots them in the face. And just walks away. Yeah, and then just walks. It'll probably be pretty difficult to to catch. Should I know this? Is this person caught? I mean, yeah, yeah, they're caught. So okay, so Son of Sam is like one of the famous serial killers. It goes on for over a year. He doesn't kill that many people. I think he's in like, New York City, right? Did you just say that? Okay, 1977, New York City. He kills like eight people, and he like seriously injures or you know nearly kills like another six or eight people. Wow. Um, he, he gets captured, but there's this, um, journalist who believes that there's not just one person who's doing this, that there's a bunch of people that are part of a group and it touches on the occult and it touches on all kinds of creepy stuff. And it is really interesting so far. I'm like a couple episodes in, I don't know how many there'll be. We know there'll be too, too many, but so far so good. It's a fun one, um, for how brutal killings are. The show isn't too brutal. So sometimes I think like when you watch like serial killer shows, um, they can be a little hard to watch. Um, when they're like, and here's the person's mangled face and the blood yeah. left behind. And you're kind of like, ah, did I really need to see that? Good, just told me. That. I really, and I agree totally. You know why? Because I love it when it's practical effects. Like when I know it's not real, I want it to look super real. Yeah. When I know it's real, I don't want to even see it. I don't, I don't even. I'm not the faces of death kid that was like no. Googling horrible, nasty no. train wrecks and shit when I was a kid. Uh, that was never me. I would I would like walk out of that kid's house and never even hang out with them again. Yeah, I'd be like, this kid's weird. He probably yeah. has when, like, animals in boxes in his closet. Exactly. When a player gets injured in like a sporting event uh, and like gets really injured and they go to show the replay, I'm like, nope, I don't even want to see that. Like, I yeah. know it's just like a dislocated ankle. Fine. Right, it's not a major injury. It's not. I have no interest in seeing that. So when they start throwing the crime scene photos up, I'm like, uh, yeah, hard pass. Hard With pass. the sports stuff, I I can usually watch like you know if it's like a leg or something. That's it's gross. But what I don't like seeing is like the people that get knocked out and then their arms are like stiff and oh, it's that's so hard to watch. And they love showing those like five times. So I'm telling you, this show is not too bad. There's some blood like on carpet and stuff like that, but there's not horrible photos and stuff so um i feel like if anyone was scared off by something like that you shouldn't be on this one the sons of sam a really fun documentary on netflix uh fun in the way that it's just a cool mystery and these journalists are trying to solve it and um i thought so far i'm really into it i I think i'll finish it okay sounds good man good wreck all right uh you watched uh the mitchells versus the machines on netflix what do you think of this i'll be quick with this one um because it's you know it's a kid's movie I liked it. I liked it a lot. My kids really liked it. So this is a Sony animation who did um, Into the Spider-Verse. And they definitely, it doesn't look just like that with the cel-shaded, you know, straight up a comic book. Uh, But it's really interesting animation. And they do a lot of like, you know, crazy sketches on top of the the animation, um, all that fun stuff. 
I liked it. I think it's like a B minus. So if you have kids, it's it's definitely sit down with them and, and watch it. Um, I don't I don't need to get into it that much. You guys probably won't even go watch it. I imagine Ryan, you might with your kids. It's definitely like we're getting we're getting Eric to watch one cartoon a year, and I think that like we burned that with Invincible. So and let's stick with that. Let, yes, yeah. we want him to watch that. All right. Um, you also watched another cartoon that I will watch. I will watch episode the the first episode in the first two days. That's Disney Plus's. The Bad Batch. This is their new Star Wars cartoon in the same uh, universe. I mean, it's all in the same universe, I guess, but in the same mold as uh, Clone Wars and what's the other one they did? Uh, Rebels. 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 Yeah, Yeah, man, I watched it. I don't know why. I was pretty bored. This isn't really my shit. Um, Didn't get into the Clone Wars, although, Eric, I did watch the last four episodes, which Mm -hmm. was a great recommendation. Because they really, were really, really cool. And they upped the animation on it. And it was like a really high production value. So good rack to just go watch the last four. Um, and so maybe because I did that, I was like, well, let's turn this on. I don't care about this. When these guys came in, the Bad Batch to Clone Wars, when I watched it, it was cringy. They suck. It was cringy. They still suck. Yeah. <laughs> they still suck, dude. But uh-huh. it's like less about them. And it's there's like a Jedi character that we haven't heard of. And, you know, and the fact that it is canon, and I know that Star Wars, Disney with Star Wars is trying to um, kind of flesh out what they've left in this canon. And they took a lot out, right? So they're trying to kind of fill up the universe. So I was kind of curious on some of the decisions. Um and I think the most interesting part of it was when, you know, you start seeing these characters from the first Star Wars movie, New Hope, right? And they're kind of taking over because after Order 66 is executed, they're now the Empire, right? They're no longer the Republic. Leadership is different. Style is different. How do these soldiers feel about it? Because they're not mind controlled like the rest of the clones, right? So um, how are they going to respond to these new orders, you know, to go and kill Jedi and those things? So. It was pretty interesting. I know there's definitely going to be people that will watch it or not watch it. And my recommendation is probably not going to sway them. Um, I think your mind was made up on this one. But I liked it. Okay. I might continue to watch it. I don't think it was groundbreaking. I think I'm going to watch it even if it's bad. Yeah. It's not bad. I think it's okay. Okay. It's fine. Uh, Ryan, please do that, though. Go watch the last four episodes of Clone Wars. It is it is must watch. Do I need to have context with some of the other episodes first? I don't think so. I didn't. Nah. I mean, I mean, just, you know Ahsoka now, so you might be like, oh, I wish I little, knew a little more about Ahsoka, but you know, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, Anakin, you know, Ahsoka, you know, you know, you know, the big, you know, Darth Maul, Darth yeah. Maul's in it in a big way. And then, you know, about Mandalore and like, you know, some of the people, yeah. is in it. So yeah. it, actually um, the ways that it added to Mandalorian was really interesting for me too. Yeah. So. So I, I think, think the last like four episodes, it's, they do it like a movie, and it's really, really, really. Yeah, it's part one through four. I'll get on that as soon as you get on Saving Private Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, finally, you watched uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on Netflix. I did. This was another boredom watch. Um, so this was Chadwick Boseman's last movie. He, he was amazing in it. Like I get why he was nominated for best supporting actor, um, or maybe just best leading actor. He was so fucking good. Viola Davis was better and she was nominated for best supporting actress for it. Um, damn, was she good? She was unbelievable better than, than Chadwick even. So I watched it for those two performances. Not that interested in the subject matter of, you know, a black jazz band in the early 1900s. 
Um, wouldn't normally care. It's one of those movies, too, that was adapted from a play. And I like plays. I like theater. I like going to theaters and watching shit like this. Don't always love it when they adapt them into a movie where, like, you know, it's two sets. And you just think, like, damn, this would be amazing if I was in the theater, you know? Um, I mean, beat for beat, it's literally a, a play that you're watching on a movie. So I don't really recommend the movie. But if you want to go see two incredible performances, I would check that out. Um, Chadwick Boseman was so good in it, but he, you could tell, man, he was gaunt. Like he was sick during the, the, and the energy he brings to the role is actually crazy when you think about what he was going through at the time. So I think it's a wreck. It's just, it's a little bit slow and it's definitely a play that they put onto a, a movie. Great. Thank you. Is that cool? Guys, How'd I do? He did great. Here we go. All right. It's fine. World today. Come up with the day with the day today. Yeah. It's time for this rewatch. Will self-destruct. And today we're doing Mission Impossible 2. MI2. MI2. Big movie. This was a huge movie. They obviously did huge numbers on the first one. Tom Cruise is at the height of his powers. And this is his uh, directing or producing debut? I think producing because John Woo directed. John Woo directed. He uh, he produces it. Um, I mean, I really like. While you were talking about Ma Rainey, I was not paying attention because I was desperately trying to remember the plot of this movie, and then <laughs> I realized that's a really bad sign. Yeah. Well, you know, this movie was made without a without a real script. They were filming it. So John Woo got the job, and he designed three or four big action set pieces before they had a script, and then they just tried to write around to f- plug those in. So, uh, not the best way to produce a movie, Tom Cruise. Did I you guys I, wonder, one off the bat, did you wonder how much later it was than the first movie? Is it years later? I don't I think it's like. Oh. I want to say it's like three or four years later. It this took him some time when to I was like. Hair. Because he had the long hair now. I was like a freshman in college when this came out. It must have been like 2000 or something. 2000, yeah. Um, The movie starts on an airplane with a doctor who had injected himself with something in a lab. He's sitting next to Tom Cruise and there's bad guys on the plane. They somehow, um, everybody, the cabin loses pressure and everyone passes out except for those guys. Did we find out why? Yeah, because everybody put the mask on and the mask had pass out gas in it. And they didn't because they knew. Yeah. Um, They crashed the plane. They stole this virus. The chimera virus. Mm -hmm. So then we go to (laughs) Spain, I believe, where Tom Cruise is tasked with forming a team where he brought back two of his old guys. Uh, but then he also was had to pick um, Danny Newton for whatever. Right. Nia Nordoff Hall. Who was totally not qualified for the job. But for whatever reason, uh, the Mission Impossible team demanded that she was part of this team. She was a thief. She was a thief. And I think they knew that she had personal connections to the bad guy at the time. Yeah. So I think they wanted, that's, they knew that's that. the main key. By the way, she is beautiful. Beautiful. And I think she did, I mean, for how bad this movie was overall, come on. And the script, I think she did a nice job. I was like so bored at parts of this movie that I was like deep diving about her because I was like, she looks great. <laughs> and <Yeah>. So <laughs> I looked up her in this movie. And Early was, thousands, Sandy Newton. Yeah, Sandy Newton was on fire here. And she mm-hmm. uh, was saying how it was hell to make this movie with Tom Cruise. And that Tom Cruise ruined the whole thing, scared her to death, humiliated her on the set. And that it was so poorly written that she felt set up for failure. 
And she said, Tom Cruise tries to be a good person, but he's so stressed out that he can't be. And uh, she was saying that the scene where they were on the, they were in Spain and there was like the party going on in the streets and they were up on the balcony having this weird, serious conversation. She said the writing was such shit that she was having a hard time like making the scene make sense. And Tom Cruise was getting so mad at her that in front of everybody, he stopped production and then made them reverse roles and do each other's lines. And that, so he could show her how to do it. And, and he, she was just humiliated. And then she said he was so stressed in this at, on that night that it took them hours to do that scene. And he was so stressed that she could see pimples forming on his face. She said that? Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's brutal. It doesn't surprise me, dude. That anything that wasn't an action set piece feels very cobbled together. Oh, I don't, I don't even really remember what happened in this movie. I watched it this week. Yeah. Um, I watched it early. I'm excited about these movies. I'm watching them like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, getting them out of the way. Oh, for sure. Me too. I'm really excited to watch them, but this one was a massive step back. Big step back. Um, totally different movie. So the first one was directed by Brian De Palma. He did Scarface. He did some classic movies back in the day. Um, and it had that feel, right? It had a kind of a classic movie feel. Uh, this was John Woo who d- did bad action movies, really. Um, his signature is, uh, is, um, pigeons. So all his movies like had pigeons and sure enough, they had slow-mo pigeons in this too. So stupid. Yeah. John Woo directed Broken Arrow, Hard Target, Face Off, mm-hmm. Paycheck. Like, I mean, these are not great movies. No, they're not. And this wasn't either. Um, if the first one was an A, which I think we all agreed it was an A, like a 90, early, like low 90s. For me, this one is um, like a 73, probably. Still fun, but not good. And even like... Um, you know, the writing was obviously bad and the plot was stupid, but also most of the set action pieces were really dumb too. Like long shootouts with just uh, like machine guns going nonstop for like four minutes. Like it, they almost got pretty boring. So they got this big I mean, moment where you had, the, they went to the lab and he was going to destroy all of the virus. Mm-hmm. And then he breaks in and that break in scene was like kind of cool coming out of the helicopter through the grate, into the thing. But then the mm-hmm. villain knew him and knew that he would try this. And so they were waiting for him. He gets in this big shootout as he's trying to destroy the virus. And then Danny Newton takes the last of the virus and injects it into herself. That was probably the best. There's no the- plan. That was probably the best. Well, other, yeah. other, than he, other than she knew they couldn't kill her. The yeah. bad right, guys right. couldn't kill her. Um. Yeah, that was cool. More wire work, which is going to be a signature throughout. So there was our, our you know, Tom Cruise on a wire. Um, that that action scene was bad, I thought. I did like one of the lines leading up to it when the bad guy was describing Ethan Hunt and how he's going to do it. And, you know, Hunt prefers misdirection over confrontation, which I think is the only carryover from the first movie, which was absolutely true in the first movie. In this, they said it. They didn't really show it because later he's, you know, coming at him on a fucking motorcycle and jumping, you know, it's, they said that, which is true of the character, but they didn't really do it. Yeah. Except yeah. Then he attacked that entire compound. Exactly. And killed, like seven And just people. went in guns blazing and killed everybody. Um, and by the way, the mask thing needs to have some limit. Um, it worked in the first was, movie for me. It, it was in this one. It was it overused and used to the point where you know the bad guy puts on a Tom Cruise mask and is literally like kissing and in right in the face of Fanny Newton and she can't tell. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was a little much. 
Yeah, it, it was almost becoming the mask thing was almost becoming like a gag. Yeah, exactly. At, at, at a certain point, I kind of liked the broken jaw. He can't talk because I broke his jaw. Shoots him in the but chest. That was three, five if times. they had done if the, if but if they had done the mask at the beginning, yeah, and then done that one at the end, yeah, it would have been fine. But they did it like three other times, yeah, and yeah. it was just like okay, but you can't just make a mask anytime you want to get information out of somebody. Like I that's, that's like, not how this works. I did like that one, but then he runs and like jumps out of the place and gets into a helicopter, and then oh. I believe they ended up in, on the beach for what was yes. one of the worst fight scenes. I've ever seen in my life. You mean the 25 minute beach fight scene? The beach fight scene where they, they like literally traded off like leaping um, head kicks. Just roundhouse kicks. Over and over and over. They, and over. They, they pulled like six moves from like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and decided to inject them into this movie. And then, and then, even after all of that, and he hits his head on the rock and the whole thing. The worst, like most egregious movie stunt thing ever was the gun kick. And I will never, ever forgive John Woo for that stupidity mm-hmm. that Ethan Hunt was able to like tap his toe in the sand and a Glock pistol flies up to like the height of his head, which for Tom Cruise is like 5'5", five, five, but like <laughs> flies up like that high and he grabs it and he falls yep. down and like it was just so bad. <laughs> and he goes to the ground to shoot before he shoots anyways, right? So why did he need to kick it up to him and then fall on the ground and shoot it? Why didn't he just dive in the ground and shoot him? I have to just tell you guys. <laughs> I, didn't even, I didn't even think about that. Now I hate the scene even more. <laughs> I just have to tell you guys that like during that scene, I, I kept thinking to myself, this is one of the worst scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Like whoever thought that this fight fight was okay is crazy. But when it got to the part where he kicked the gun up, I thought that was sick. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they did it. John Woo did it for you, buddy. You're the target audience. We're not. I was like, and then he totally redeems himself with yeah, the uh, I, that. That was like the culmination of like the horribleness of the last 20 minutes of that movie. Yeah, I thought that I was like, overall, of course they did. I thought overall this movie was bad. It was bad. <laughs> I thought yeah. it was. I thought it was like a 47. Oh wow. I thought but it was bad. I'm. That's how I get my gun off. And they were like, "Oh Jesus, Sean, that's just a horrible line." I'm not yeah. gonna act like I didn't have fun watching it because, like all action movies, they're meant to be fun. Uh, but the problem was for me, it peaked when he was just climbing the rock in Utah. Yeah, yeah, that was cool. also he actually did that, but he had wires on. He did all that, but he had wires, and they they CG'd him out. Still pretty fucking cool, Tom. Still cool. The uh, the best actor in the whole movie was Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Um, but for his like super misogynistic line that would never play today, when he's like, uh, yeah, women sure like the like, bitch a lot or whatever. No, he no, he's like Tom Cruise says she's got no training for this, and Anthony Hopkins says what to go to bed with a man and lie to him. She's a woman. She's got all the training she needs. And they both are like, what was the video you posted on Instagram of Ben Stiller and him? And Tom Cruise. Yeah, that so was that great. was uh, that was that was MTV Movie Awards yeah. like skit where uh, Ben Stiller was playing Tom Cruise C R U Z or something like that, and he was supposed to be like the stunt double, but he, like they never really like let him to be part of the movie. And right because I don't find ben Tom Cruise funny, does but... his own stunts, so that was the get. So like the Tom Cruise stunt double like doesn't have anything to do, so he's just really annoying. <laughs> I thought that that video was actually really funny. That was pretty good. Yeah. I watched it like five times. 
You should so go look the, up the whole thing. It was really good. The whole thing was yeah. Great. That's in the that's in the DVD extras, Eric. If you want to dial or, or dive into the archives, yep. and get some more context, I might have to do that. So, guys, I'm excited for MI3 though. Now we're gonna get like this was the worst movie. We got it out of the way. I think actually they may get like just better and better from here. Um, more serious, more believable, maybe. And our guy J.J. Abrams is directing the next one with yep. Philip Seymour Hoffman as the bad guy. So. It's it. They, yes. they definitely dial it up a notch. This shit might be peak coming up. And then I think from then on, it's all Brad Bird directed. So, um, yeah, man, I'm excited for the next one. This has been already a really fun rewatch. So the worst movies. All right, here we go. Uh, coming in at sixth place with a 57 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is a rotten in their rankings, is Mission Impossible 2. Okay. Coming in at fifth place with a 64 is Mission Impossible 1. Coming in fourth place with a 71 is Mission Impossible 3. Uh, coming in third place with a 93 is oh Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which is number four. Uh, coming in number two at a 94 is Mission Impossible 5, Impossible Rogue Nation. And coming in first at a 97 is Mission Impossible Fallout. Jeez. Yeah, well, we we all I think we all saw Fallout in the theaters. Yeah, I, I after after I saw it and I said you guys need to go see this. It was yes, fantastic. You definitely plugged this movie and got us excited and it didn't disappoint. It was great. So, they're getting better and like I've been really critical of Tom Cruise in these first two movies because I think he's been actually the worst part of them. Like mm-hmm. it's just terrible cocky overacting has been like hard to watch in what what I think are like at least fun movies. Um, but having seen the other ones, I know that he gets to a place where his character is really interesting and is mm-hmm. pretty locked in. And so I'm having patience, even though Tom Cruise has been like pretty brutal so far. He gets uh he gets he gets heat checked in MI three. Yeah. Big time. <laughs> All right guys, that's it. We will be back with our this rewatch will self-destruct uh, next week uh, with Mission Impossible 3. But that's it. That's all the time we have this week on the Nordies podcast. We'll be back with a sports cast uh, with the red-hot Minnesota sports teams, minus the Minnesota Twins and Minnesota United, I guess. Um, so we'll talk a bunch of sports, lots of fun things to talk about there. Our sports casts have been fire lately. Uh, so join us for that tomorrow. Uh, but until then, thank you guys for listening to the Nordies podcast.